We are talking to amazing people in construction and education about recruitment, training, and retention. Welcome to The Builder's Table. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilkerson. Hi, my name is Jennifer Wilkerson, and welcome to The Builder's Table. Today, we're going to be talking with Ed Stelter with the Faulkner Construction Company, and we're also going to be talking about his fascinating podcast, Foundations, and find out the inspiration and what the history of construction can tell us about the future of construction. So welcome, Ed. Thank you. Glad to be here. Wonderful. Well, I'm going to get started with just real basic, just about your career pathway. You are the VP of procurement. So how did you end up here in construction? So I've been involved in the industry for probably well over 30 years. Uh, yeah, probably 35 years now. But um, my dad had a little wood shop or whatever. He was an agricultural chemist and uh, okay. traveled a fair amount and dealt with a lot of farmers. But anyway, he, he enjoyed uh, working with his hands and so anyway, I've, I've always enjoyed the smell of fresh cut wood and things like that. Uh, anyway, so in high school, late in high school, I ended up um, working as a laborer for a uh, contractor over in Palm Beach. They were building, you know, some multi-million dollar homes and, you know, just amazing. And then then later on, I actually ended up hanging and in, in repairing garage doors for a while. Uh, went to a community college. Um, and then ended up going off to college. And when I got out of college, I ended up taking a job um, do, restoring old log homes, actually uh, for a guy that was one of my guests on my podcast, uh, Charles McRaven. Loved that work, uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, kind of was looking for something where I could grow and you know just uh, develop as a person and ended up uh, taking a job with Faulkner Construction uh, more than 26 years ago now, so 26 and a half years ago. and. Um, I started in the field and uh, worked my way up uh, through the ranks here at Faulkner Construction to where I am now. So, I love hearing that story of always starting and just working your way up because I think construction is one of the few industries that you can literally start on your tools and end up being a VP, a CEO, an owner of a company. Um, so I think that message is so important for the next generation of builders is to know that's what it like, start wherever you want. And end up absolutely yeah you, you just just start you, know, you, you don't need to get you know it, it's good to go to college i encourage people to do it but it's not for everybody by any means and 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 i think there's plenty i mean you know there's hundreds of thousands millions of people out there that that can make a great living in this industry without ever having to go to college and so yeah i think and i think that's an important message like the like i said there's lots of options regardless of which pathway you start on you can still make it to the top in construction, doing all sorts of things. So tell us first a little bit more about Faulkner Construction um, and, and what you all do. Sure, um, Faulkner Construction is a family owned business. Um, we are a civil contractor. Basically, we do everything outside the footprint of a building. Um, we do uh, build roads, put in utilities, um, just basically do general site work. We, we enjoy a turnkey site work project um we employ i think somewhere in the neighborhood of uh 470 or so employees uh, across virginia and north carolina primarily um we're headquartered in charlottesville virginia um but uh, have have five other offices uh, throughout virginia and north carolina um, but our work uh typically a lot of public work um, for local state and federal agencies we're doing a lot of military work right now um we do a lot of work for uh, colleges and universities. Um, and, you know, all of it is a 
basically infrastructure related work. And I would say roughly half the time we're a subcontractor to a bigger, bigger general contractor or a construction manager. Um, and the remainder of the time, uh, you know, we're, we're the lead contractor on it or the general contractor on a project. So yeah, that's, a, that's amazing. So 470 employees, how many projects roughly do you do a year? Oh, gosh, uh, probably somewhere in the 30 to 50 projects a year. And, and they range from, you know, uh, uh, you know, maybe $50,000 all the way up to over. We've done projects in the $65 million range as well, too. Wow, that's a big that's a big span in there with everything that you guys are doing. So any particular projects for you, the time that you've spent there that have stood out and it's like, this is the best or these are the ones that really stand out in my mind? Oh, yeah. I mean, I would say um, a lot of the projects that have longer term impacts and beneficial, um, uh, I guess, I would call them more or less a legacy project. A lot of the higher education we do is, you know, something, these buildings will be there for, you know, hundreds of years. And, you know, I could, I'm proudly drive by the project and point those out to my children or friends or family, whatever. Um, you know, roads and utilities are great. In fact, I think, um, you know, building a big, uh, really nice building that, that meets the lead credits or, you know, you, you get, um, you know, it's it's a it's a building that um, basically is very environmentally friendly. Um, trying to break it down in real layman terms or whatever, but you can get uh, lead certifications for buildings. But in my mind, you know, improving the infrastructure, replacing a leaky sewer line, uh, building a road that takes you know uh, 20 minutes out off of somebody's commute, um, fixing water lines that aren't leaking anymore, and you know, all of that contributes heavily to the environment and making making things better. But backing up and looking at projects, uh, one of my favorite projects was a project at the University of Virginia called the Dell. Um, basically, we, we, we daylighted a stream that was in, in a box culvert underground and basically made this beautiful, beautiful area. Um, not a building on it, uh, but it's, it's just a really cool project and one that stands out in my mind. And, and right now we're building a park um, for the town of Christiansburg, Virginia. Um, it's, it has four multi-purpose fields on it, uh, a playground um, for children with disabilities. I mean, basically anybody can go out on that playground. Um, has a dog park, uh, but basically, you know, th those are the kinds of places where um, dreams, you know, kids go out there and play and dreams are made and, you know, kids achieve their maximum potential out there by, you know, winning a scoring the last soccer goal or kicking the last field goal on a, on something. But th those are the things that make my heart warm. So <laughs> I love what you said. There's there's a lot in there, but legacy projects, I think it's so important about the legacy that construction leaves. Um, I think as an industry, we haven't done a great job at really telling our story, just what you're saying, like how proud you are and what you're giving back right. to the community. It's It just seems strange that we that we haven't like shouted that from the hilltops and told people, you know, we're building the communities and doing that. So I love that you did that. I really liked the term daylighting a stream. So I'm assuming that you didn't really know it was there and the, the public and people didn't really get to see the beauty of it. And you guys were able to unearth that really is what yeah, you're more, saying. More or less, it, it, all, all the stream was basically diverted many, many years ago into a box culvert and it ran underground for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of feet. 
Um, and basically we, we brought it back up out of the ground or, or rerouted a stream through the site. And um, now it's, uh, it's back on the ground and it you know, provides some uh, benefits to the ecology. Yeah, I love that. That's fantastic. And so one more thing with thinking about you being there for 26 years, what do you, what's kept you there? Like, what is it that you think organizations, what did Faulkner do and what can companies do to, to get that type of loyalty and that type of people staying for so long at a company? Yeah. So, so no doubt about it. Um, you know, if if the values of this, if the values that I embody weren't also embodied by the company, I would not be here. Um, you know, I, I feel like I have a pretty strong moral compass and, you know, uh, um, doing the right thing um, is really important to me, you know, integrity. Uh, that's really, really important to me. And if I was working for a, a shady contractor, um, which, which, by the way, I mean, I think contractors get a bad rap, um, but, you know, all in all, most contractors um, are always doing the right thing. Uh, but anyway, um, and, and to the people here that I work with, I mean, I really love my colleagues and coworkers and, and so thankful for the many men and women out in the field that, that make me look good. I'm on the get work side of the business and I'm not doing the work, which is, you know, the, the men and the women out in the field. If, if they weren't doing an excellent job and they weren't they weren't performing the work well and they weren't installing it, you know, putting in the quality into it, then my job would be impossible. So I'm forever indebted to those men and women out in the field that, that make our whole company look good. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think that the skilled professionals in construction have not had enough, uh, light shown on them for what they're doing and what they're contributing and i love the fact that you're talking about these types of projects and it takes those skills you can go and get work all the time but if you don't have the people that can put it in place and do that then it doesn't happen so well, they, they do say many times the last time a person had a standing ovation was at their high school graduation and i remember one time at a, we have a spring kickoff meeting every year i remember one time i got up and i said hey you know I mentioned that and I said, let's give all these people out there, you know, standing ovation who who have put in the blood, sweat and the tears, you know, they're, they're out in the field making it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that standing ovation. I'm going to remember that one. So let's talk about your podcast foundations and what your inspiration was for this really cool podcast. Yeah. So contractors do a horrible job of telling their story. And, and, you know, I've been in the industry for a while and, and I hear the story, bits and pieces of these stories about how people got things started. Um, and it's fascinating and it kind of pulls you into that company or makes you more of a fan of that company. Um, but backing up, um, I'm, I'm a little bit of a podcast junkie and one of my favorite podcasts is how I built this. Um, the host, Guy Raz, he interviews founders of different companies. They're, they're maybe a clothing company, a technology company, a, a, a hospitality company, whatever. Um, but he talks to these founders and, you know, kind of says, you know, what was your start? And there is a struggle with each and every one of those startups. You know, they may be a huge, very successful company today, but that overnight success took 20 years or whatever it was. Um, and, and I became a, a kind of a fan of each one of those companies when I heard the interview and I was like, you know, it'd be really cool to do this uh, for the construction industry or, or kind of basically, you know, I, I live in the Charlottesville area of Virginia and 
and I said, you know, it'd be cool how I built Charlottesville to do something like that. And I said, no, I can broaden it to how I built Virginia. Um, I've been kicking around this idea for years and years and years. And um, I had a list in my head of the people I wanted to interview. And one of the guys on the top of my interview list was this gentleman named Jack Horn. Uh, he was one of the founders of Martin Horn, a local contractor here in town. A great company. I always enjoyed seeing him at pre-bid meetings and things like that, or trade association meetings. And anyway, he passed away last summer. And I was like, okay, if, if I'm going to ever do this thing, I got to do it now while people are still alive and, and I can capture their stories. Um, and, and, you know, I even enjoyed hearing, the, you know, the owner of our company tell about the story about how we started. And, you know, it just, again, it, it, it helps pull people into, it makes them realize that they're part of something much bigger than what they see on an everyday basis. So anyway, I, I just, I went around to um, a couple people in the industry and I said, hey, I'm considering doing this. Would you be open to me sitting down with you and you telling your story? And um, uh, Blair and Sterling Williamson, who own S.O. Williamson, they're a paving company here in town. Uh, they were the first ones I did. And uh, it, it went real well. I got a ton of great feedback. And uh, I think she was kind of doing it as a favor to me initially. And then after she did it, she said, you know, I, it, it was kind of, he did me a, it did me a favor because he helped bottle my, part of our story about, you know, where we started, where we came from, and kind of our evolution along the way. Um, so, so, so really my, my whole purpose is to take these stories from where these companies started and put them in a bottle and, and, and be able to share, share that with other people. And I, I think that in my mind, um, I'm a very risk averse person and, and I know, you know, I think back, oh, you know, I should have started a company. There's no way I'd take that risk or whatever. But when you look at the humble beginnings that each and every one of these people, um, where they came from to where they are now, you know, there, there's no overnight success. Um, they, they have all accomplished great things. And, and I think telling that story uh, is so important for engagement and, and hopefully inspiring people to get into it. And, you know, quite honestly, had I heard this podcast or I had, or had I heard some of these stories, um, you know, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, I may have taken a chance and stepped out on my own, to be honest with you. So <laughs> how many of them? So it's really interesting that you're saying that. How many of them do you think they realized in the moment the risk? Were they looking at it from that perspective? It's really hard to say. I mean, you know, I think they all started small. Uh, you look at the Nello L tier company that's no longer uh, around uh, as a contractor. But um, uh, Nello Tier, I forget how old he was. It might have been in late teens or something. You know, he was working in a brick factory or something and lost his hand. And so he ended up starting, he, he rented some mules and started moving dirt. And uh, they grew into a company that was, that was international. And they were building, you know, $400 million um, airfield air bases like in Israel and Iceland and in you know, they built major sections of the Pan American Highway. Wow. Um, and, and this guy started, you know, he didn't have a hand and he started out with mules. Um, I look at uh, the, the Barnhills, uh, Robert Barnhill Sr. Um, he had polio as a child and started with a couple oxen, you know, making farm ponds and then started building some roads. And, 
you know, basically now today they, they blanket most of North Carolina, hugely successful company. Um, but, you know, all, uh, the Dalrymples with the uh, Chemung Contracting and, and, you know, they're into their sixth generation, which was remarkable to me. But, you know, they started um, started down in a creek, uh, breaking rocks with a sledgehammer and throwing them up in a wagon and pulling them over and starting to build roads. I mean, you know, it, it's every single one of these starts um, was not easy by any means. And, and everybody took a chance. But. Yeah, so much for can't do it. So much for the obstacles that we think we have whenever right. we start up. That's a, that's incredible to take it back there. I think it's fascinating. Are there any particular stories, moments, people so far that have just absolutely stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, as I mentioned, you know, the, the, uh, Robert Barnhill having polio and it being being able to only utilize thirty percent of the the his right hand or I forget which hand it was. Uh, you know, Melipier losing a hand. Um, I mean, each one of them is so incredibly fascinating. Um, Mark Oregon, who I just, uh, with Oregon Group, who I just interviewed uh, recently, and that'll be coming out uh, next week, hopefully. But, um, you know, he worked as a project manager for seven years um, for a contractor and then um, went out on his own. And he started with four employees. Um, and uh, this is back in the early 90s, uh, I believe. But, you know, now he's approaching somewhere in the $500 million a year in annual revenue. Um, you know, in each and every single one of these people, um, their success is not based on them. Their success has been bringing good people around them. And I, I think it was um, Bob Barnhill with Barnhill. He said, you know, he said, the, the motor grader man that has been with me for 30 years is just as valuable to me as, you know, somebody in the office that may have been, you know, basically each and every one of these people who worked for each and every one of these companies was a part of the company's success. And each and every one of these owners or presidents or whatever their role is in the company has recognized that and said, I couldn't have done it without my people. I mean, is their number one resource? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, obviously, that's the pinnacle of businesses to have the right people around you. Um, yeah. So, so knowing, you know, what you've learned so far and, and that you already knew from your career in construction, how do we use that to inspire the next generation of builders? What can we do? Well, again, I mean, I think it's telling the story um, about where these people started from and where they came and just say, you know, the possibilities are limitless. I mean, are truly limitless. I started out at my company, at Faulkner Construction. Um, I started out in the field. I was out in the field for about almost two years. Um, you know, I was doing everything. I was in a ditch. I had a shovel. I was flagging traffic. Um, you name it. I did whatever they asked me to do. Uh, one thing is, you know, be patient. Um, if, if you do the best job you can do um, when you're doing it, you know, you will be recognized. Um, it may not be your favorite. Was I happy to be, you know, some days when it was muddy or cold or, or incredibly in you know, 100 degree heat or whatever, and there's no shade anywhere? Um, it was pretty miserable and it was tough work, uh, but it was really cool accomplishing the task and, and being able to look back on a job that I was a part of and say, wow, we built that. Um, so I think just, just the, the, the satisfaction you get out of accomplishing something and being able to step back and look at it and say, I was a part of that. I mean, you know, we, we build 
we're part of building hospitals that you know where where people get treated for cancer and 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 are healed at time you know hopefully most of the time but you know it's there's a much bigger mission to than just building a building something you know you build a house you're basically you're, you're you're creating a place for people to make memories you know there's just so much more to it than just and just swinging a hammer or shoveling a shovel in a ditch or whatever it is. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's the part. Again, I, I was really intrigued by what you're doing because I do think it's the lack of storytelling that we just haven't done enough of in our industry to tell them that because that's that's absolutely it's not about the house. You know, there's the old story about walking up to the people. What are you doing? I'm laying bricks. The other person says I'm building a wall. The other one says I'm building a cathedral in which people are going to come to worship. So I think it's just that mindset and us as an industry getting really good at telling them that we're, as you said, building the hospitals, building the homes, building the churches, whatever it is that we're building there. So through your contact with these amazing people and these stories, you know, did you hear any common thread of advice from them that they would give to some of the maybe subcontractors or smaller contractors or people starting out? Um, generally speaking, again, it, it's about doing the right thing. Um, you know, there are times where people have shared stories with me that, that you know, that where they've had an opportunity to maybe make a profit or, or get away to make some sort of a shortcut. Um, but uh, they did the right thing and that has always paid dividends in the long run. Um, but you know when, when you do the right thing you can never be wrong um and people remember that forever and, and i think there, there's a great saying and i can't remember who said it but you know people don't remember what you said people don't remember what you what you did but people remember how they made you feel and um i think if you approach any job any task whatever it may be uh you know just just remember that you're you, you have you're, you're basically trying to create something uh, for the better. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention too is that, you know, as we're, as far as advice goes, I mean, be patient and, and always ask questions, raise your hand. Um, don't feel like there's a stupid question out there. Um, and I would say to leaders, um, when somebody does ask you what is to per be perceived as a stupid question, never make somebody feel like that they asked a stupid question because they're not gonna ask the question again. Um, and, and, you know, I've always had a, a very curious mindset and, and I've always admired people that have come to us in our organization that have been curious about trying to figure out how to make it better or solve the problem or whatever. You know, we want people that are going to come and solve problems and just just always have that curious mindset and always try to solve problems, always ask questions. Yeah, I love that. I love it. I think that's really good. And I think that is absolutely what. Um, people that build their own businesses do, right? Is they're trying to solve some kind of problem. And I love the fact that you said about really keeping your eye on why you're doing that and what you're actually doing. It's not, you know, yes, money obviously provides a lot of wonderful things for us, but it's the purpose of your work, which I think absolutely that you've hit on it. And I love that. Um, so future of your podcast, are you, you, you talked about locally and then you talked about Virginia. Is there, the dream of of doing this nationally 
Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep on doing it. Um, you know, it's it's obviously sometimes hard to coordinate schedules with you know some of these owners and presidents. I mean, they they're all busy people. Um, but yeah, I, I plan on trying to put one out every month, and uh, so far it's worked. Um, but I, I'm excited to continue to get, capture these stories and to, to be able to share them with everybody else. Yeah, that's fantastic. Such a worthy cause. So tell our listeners how they can find your particular podcast. Um, so yeah, it can be found on uh, foundations-podcast.com. Um, and anyway, I'm, I'm basically trying to keep that, or I keep it updated, you know, once a month and post on it there. Uh, but that's basically where I'm storing everything. I mean, it could be found on Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, or any of the other po- uh, popular podcast plat- platforms. So. Well, this is great. And hopefully you will have great success and more people will come listen to it. I know the ones that I've looked at there are fascinating, as I said. So I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Thank you. Thank you for your advice. Thank you for the vision for our industry and obviously your dedication for 26 years. Well, look, I really appreciate what you all are doing. Um, and, and interestingly, through some leadership training that Faulkner put me through, I was actually in a leadership training class with uh, Don White and Steve Green, your former president and vice president of NCCER. So anyway, I, I don't know if they're still involved or, or if they're retired, but um, anyhow, it is a very small world and really appreciate what you all are doing. That's fantastic. I had no idea. Yes, it is a small world and both of them are retired. Uh, Steve still dabbles a little bit because uh, he is definitely a relationship person and he really feeds off all the wonderful people in construction. But that's wonderful. I had no idea. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you again to Ed Stelter. And join us next Monday for the next episode of The Builder's Table.